The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... Learn about current activities of the American Council of the Blind. Welcome to ACB Reports for November 2011. Last month, we heard from three individuals about the beginnings of the American Council of the Blind 50 years ago. This month, we take a look at current activities of the organization. First, we'll hear a panel presentation from the 50th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind held in Reno, Nevada last July. The speakers on this panel, in order, are Pratik Patel, Chair of the Information Access Committee, Peggy Garrett, Chair of the Multicultural Concerns Committee, Paul Edwards, member of the Environmental Access Committee and chairman of the ACB Board of Publications, and Cindy Van Winkle, former president of the Washington Council of the Blind and a participant on several ACB national committees. The first speaker is Pratik Patel. This morning I wanted to take a little time to talk about the Information Access Committee and what else we do other than the resolutions and the work that you heard from Mitch and you heard from Eric about. Because it's really important for me to let you know that it's not only the resolutions that make a difference, but it's often what we hear from you is what we really work on. When we hear from you about issues that are happening. What we generally do is to have one or two of our committee members take a look at those issues. The high-level issues that we work on, like the resolutions, are important. But at the same time, I think what you tell us becomes really important as well. Because what you tell us, the complaints that we hear, the issues that we hear, either we hear directly as members of the committee or the ACB office hears, those get translated into some action. And then what we generally end up doing is looking at trends that emerge from those issues. The biggest issue that we've heard about over the last few years and has been a continual thorn in our sides is the CAPTCHA. Please be assured that we are working hard to address that issue, but also know that it is a distributed problem and it's a challenging problem to solve. So even though it will take us some time to address that issue, we will continue to work on it. A couple of other issues that we are continuing to address include website accessibility, to not only the major sites that we've looked at in our resolutions, but other things that we find out about. There is more than one social network out there. It's not only Facebook, even though Facebook likes to believe that it is. So as Mitch said in his address on Sunday, what you tell us matters. ACB is a grassroots organization, and the actions that we as committee members and committee chairs take on directly reflect upon the experiences that you have. The other thing that we spend quite a lot of time thinking about is how the trends in information access are happening. There will be two resolutions this year that we'll be bringing on behalf of the Information Access Committee. One of the trends that we'll be dealing with is online video, and one of the resolutions will be Netflix. And the second resolution we'll deal with 
accessibility to apps on mobile platforms, specifically Apple iOS apps, and increasing the amount of accessible apps on the marketplace. I'm always happy to answer questions, talk to me, and please write to me or any of the committee members, and I really, really deeply appreciate all the work that our committee has been doing. Thank you. My name is Peggy Garrett, and I am the chairperson of the Multicultural Affairs Committee. As we celebrate 50 years of the American Council of the Blind, we also are celebrating 25 years of the Multicultural Affairs Committee. The Multicultural Affairs Committee, which we call MCAC, was established in 1986 to support members of minority ethnicities who were facing issues of discrimination. What would life be like if you had no choices? What if everything was all the same? What if the only spice in your life was salt? No garlic, no ginger, no cinnamon, just salt. What if the only flavor you had was vanilla? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I could survive without chocolate. What if your only choice of music was opera? What if your only choice of colors was pink? For some of us who can't see colors anyway, it doesn't make a big difference, but for those who can, you like your choices. My point here is that diversity really is the spice of life. And cultural diversity is what brings us those varieties. As we look back over the past 50 years of ACB, there have been some pretty unique individuals of various cultural backgrounds. And it's because of that diversity that ACB has been able to survive, thrive, and make a monumental difference in the lives of millions of people who are blind or visually impaired. Today in ACB, there are many obstacles that we still have to overcome. And each of you, as members of ACB, have a very special place. We all make up the ACB family, no matter where we've come from, what our cultural background is. We have a place because God created each of us with unique talents and abilities that only we can bring to ACB. However, to continue ACB's mission and make a difference, we each have to step up to the plate. For the past four years, President Pomerantz has opened up ACB and encouraged everyone to step forward and take a part and help make that difference, help overcome those obstacles. Some have and some haven't. When you don't give up your time and your talents to this organization, you're cheating ACB, you're cheating yourself because you can make a difference. Each year, the Multicultural Affairs Committee sponsors programs. We usually do a luncheon, we have an afternoon program, and then we do a midweek. We used to call it a jam, but we don't do a lot of jamming. We've gotten a little old for that, so we just kind of socialize. We have fun and music and so forth. If you attended our luncheon on yesterday, you were able to hear uh, Professor Lima talk a little bit more about the issues of blindness in Brazil. 
We also had a panel of folks from ACB who have served in ACB in various aspects, whether on the board or chairing committees, just working over the years to help make the difference, to help promote ACB's mission. Our Wednesday program that we host every year is an opportunity to come to meet the leadership of ACB. Usually the president, President Pomerantz, has supported us for many years, even before he became president. Several of the other board members, chairpersons from various committees. It's an opportunity to meet, to talk, to fellowship, and of course to eat. And we do have music, and it is a variety of music. It's not just opera. So the point I'm making here today is we all have a place in ACB, but we all have to step forward and do our part because each one of us can make a difference. And to paraphrase the words of great American president, ask not what ACB can do for you, but what you can do for ACB. Ask not what I can do for you or what you can do for me, but ask what working together we can do for all people who cannot see. Thank you. I actually am standing in for Debbie Grubb, and I want to actually begin by expressing our appreciation in Florida, and I hope the appreciation of the American Council of the Blind, for the ongoing work that Debbie Grubb has done and continues to do to make ACB a better place. So thanks, Debbie. I am going to be primarily reporting on behalf of the Environmental Access Committee, but I also am going to be making a couple of other announcements that I think are important and that reflect what ACB is doing now. I think it's important for all of you to recognize that at the heart of what ACB does are its committees. That is the way, for the most part, that we get work done between conventions. Committees represent opportunities for folks to get together and work on specific issues. Sometimes there'll also be task forces within ACB. But at the heart of all of these efforts is to produce products that folks can use to make things better for people who are blind and visually impaired. One of the committees that probably works hardest in this regard is the Environmental Access Committee. It used to be, when white cane safety laws were first introduced, that what we were interested in was just creating a capacity for individuals to cross the street without getting hit by a car. And you did that by learning to use a white cane. You did it by creating some laws that suggested that the wholesale slaughter of blind people wasn't a good plan. However, things have changed. We no longer operate in a society where it is simply a question of coming to terms with learning how to get across a street because there is no such thing any longer as ordinary intersections. The truth is that getting around in our communities has become extremely complicated. Over a decade ago, the American Council of the Blind took a leadership role in publishing a document that I had a small part to play, but which Debbie Grubb also had a huge part to play in, which was known as our first pedestrian safety handbook. That document led the way 
in providing the only accessible reference that allowed those of us who were blind to do pioneering work all over this country at the local level in producing the very first accessible pedestrian signals. But accessible pedestrian signals are no longer just where it's at. And I'm very pleased to announce that over the last two years, the Environmental Access Committee has worked tirelessly to create a document which is a new revision of the American Council of the Blind's Pedestrian Safety Handbook. This document is extremely complex. It is extremely complex because anymore, blind people cannot simply deal with crossing streets. We have to know how to negotiate roundabouts. We have to provide advice to traffic engineers about how to deal with crosswalks. We have to provide complex technical information on exactly what accessible pedestrian signals are and how they work. The American Council of the Blind has been fortunate in that we've been able to produce a document that isn't simply written by our members, but is written by experts in the field. The Pedestrian Safety Handbook, when it's unveiled, we hope within a month or two, will contain chapters that are written by orientation mobility instructors, chapters that are written by the folks who've done the research to produce the findings that have enabled us to come up with the regulations that have implemented safe travel for blind people in our communities. This document will be the Bible of pedestrian safety. And I want to congratulate the Environmental Access Committee on the immense task of putting this work together, and in particular, on creating a document that will be used by anyone who is interested in making travel for blind people accessible. That document is now in the national office. We're doing some final edits and Penny Reader is working on that. What we hope is to see this document up on our website within a couple of months and available to people on CD so that you'll be able to use it in your communities to make things better for blind people traveling. I want to talk about two other developments as chair of the Board of Publications. The first of these developments is to announce to everyone that ACB now has a brand new website. I want to thank all the folks who've been involved in making this website happen, but I want to make one more announcement, and that final announcement is to say that the Braille Forum is going to appear in a new place. It will appear in our website in a format that will allow you to use the players that you now use, like the Victor Reader Stream or other players, to play our Braille Forum, but in barred-ready format. So you can also put it onto your cartridges. But more significantly, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to announce that ACB's magazine will in fact be available on the BARD website. 
Ladies and gentlemen, what ACB does in the present creates the future of ACB. All that we've accomplished is a tribute to each of you. Everyone in this room can be a part of creating the diamond future. Thank you. I want to touch on a little bit about what we've been hearing a lot about the last few days, and that is that ACB is a grassroots organization. What does that really mean? We say that it's bottom up. Guess what? Each of us is in the bottom. <laughs> We're all part of that bottom, and that means that we all have work to do. How often have you gone through the casino, passed by a slot machine, pulled the handle or pushed the button, and won a lot of money without putting anything in it? Huh? Has that happened to anybody? Okay, because we normally have to put something in it to get something out of it, right? And how often have you gone to the restaurant and had a delicious meal and didn't have to spend a dime, whether it was in a coupon form or comp credits because you've been gambling a lot, you're still making some form of payment for that food, correct? I want to use those two analogies as we talk about our membership in this organization. We each have something to give. When I was growing up, my parents used to tell me that I will get out of it whatever I put into it. Whether it was school or organizational activity or friendships, relationships, and I've passed that on to my kids. You've probably all heard it before, too. I'm going to remind you of it. Each of you have a unique talent to give to this organization, whether it be in the chapter level, affiliate level, or on a national level. Whether it be in your local community or more broadly in the greater blindness community. And not always does leadership know what your talent is. I know as a past president of my state affiliate, I often didn't know who to turn to for some expertise and wished that people didn't think I would know by osmosis, but would in fact share it with me what they knew, whether it's that they knew a member in their chapter was good at something or the person themselves would come and tell me that they were good at it. It makes our job as leaders a lot easier if we're informed that we have somebody that's an accountant or someone that is real good at organizing or someone that has business contacts or loves to chat on the phone. But we all have unique talents that we can give to this organization. And sometimes we aren't in a position to give and we receive, and that's okay. But after we've received, there needs to come a time where we give back. It has to be a give and take. And that mutual give and take is what will strengthen ACB and our local chapters and affiliates. And it is what will bring new people to our organization because they will see that we're thriving. In closing, I would like to have you think about the present. The present is today. And we've talked about our golden past and our diamond future. But I submit to you that each tomorrow that comes, the present fades away and it becomes yesterday. 
It is up to each of us to work hard to build up ACB so that it is a diamond future and that it enriches our golden past. Thank you. This presentation was recorded on July 12, 2011 in Reno, Nevada. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. Usually, when Eric Bridges visits ACB Reports, he brings us news of Congress. But this time, he comes in his role as Director of Advocacy to talk about a recent survey which was conducted by the American Council of the Blind at the request of Google. The primary reason for us approaching Google was due to a resolution that was adopted at the 2010 convention in Phoenix. I am tasked with helping to implement a lot of the resolutions that are adopted. Working with Google was a priority for the membership, quite rightly so, and uh, some of the challenges that have frustrated many of our members with the various product offerings that Google has brought to market. So in late 2010, we approached Google to discuss the accessibility or lack thereof, in a lot of cases, their applications and uh, products ranging from the challenges that people have in utilizing the Android operating system to applications like Google Docs and Calendar and some challenges with Gmail as well. Google was really quite receptive to chatting with us. In March at the CSUN conference, we had a long and pretty good meeting with the members of the accessibility team at Google and talked with them a lot about partnering with them to make their products better. During this meeting, they asked the question aloud, how do blind people purchase technology? What are their habits? You know, what kinds of assistive technologies or commercial technologies do they use? Is it older stuff that they're comfortable with, one or two generations old? Is it braille displays? Is it note takers? Is it off-the-shelf stuff that has third-party software loaded onto it? It got us in ACB thinking, wouldn't this be an interesting thing to do a survey on? Because there have been technology surveys done with sort of the broader disability community in mind, but not one specifically designated to look at the blind, visually impaired, and deafblind community. What wound up occurring is that Google contracted with us to do a survey to look at those very things. So in mid-August, we launched the survey, and I'm proud to say that over a 1,000 individuals completed the survey. The data collection is ongoing, and a report will be made publicly available along with the raw data before the end of the year. And it's our goal to have the report published in an academic publication. I can tell you that some of the information is stuff that we thought we knew from being in the blindness community. And some of it is rather surprising. And, uh, you know, without getting into specifics, I think everyone is going to be pretty interested in what we roll out here before the end of the year. So this survey was not specific to how do blind people use Google and what are the problems you have using the Google products and that kind of thing? It wasn't specific to Google products. It was the whole array of technology that people use from computers to note-takers to braille displays to operating systems to web browsers, 
cell phones and their operating systems, all of that stuff. It was not specific to Google products. However, we partnered with Google on the survey. And the other aspect of it, too, and I'm sure you may have participated in this, and many who are listening may have, Google was a sponsor at the ACB convention and um, conducted a day's worth of focus groups. And this was specifically targeted at Google products and apps, trying to get a better handle on how the blind, visually impaired, and deafblind community interact with their products and applications and the challenges that they have from an accessibility and usability standpoint. How do you see the data being collected from this survey being used? What will that do toward future technology? I think it's going to help us, number one, as a community understand better the deficits that we may have in being able to have access to cutting-edge technology. It's going to help, ideally, the tech industry understand why we operate the way we do as a community and as a uh, market of consumers. And again, I hope that the assistive technology community will have a better idea of some of this. I think, to a certain degree, they may be the most educated on the habits of our community, but there tends to be a disconnect between commercial technology and assistive technology, and that AT is oftentimes attempting to catch up with what the off-the-shelf commercial industry is doing. So the goal here is to have the companies that are forward-thinking, like the Apples of the world and the Googles, even though they're not where Apple is yet, but also other companies that may be entering the market that want to understand better the market so that they can build products better. And, you know, some of this is also going to be required as part of compliance with the Communications and Video Accessibility Act. So having requirements to make things accessible and then also through this survey, gaining a better understanding of how we operate as a consumer market, I think will yield some better results for us as a consumer in finding accessible products and applications. Has there been any action on the focus groups that Google conducted during the convention in Reno that can be talked about right now? Not right now. I will say, though, that apart from the focus groups, there is a small group of ACB members who are testing products and applications as we speak, which is something that began over the summer. And uh, it's part of Google's continued outreach to ACB to get a better handle on how accessible some of their products are and how some of the enhancements that they're making work or sometimes, in fact, may not work with uh, assistive technology. So the relationship that we are developing with Google is viewed as a long-term relationship because they're going to continue to bring more and more and more products and applications to market. And uh, some of them will be good and some of them may not be so good. The challenge for us is to continue to work with them on sort of the culture, building products that are accessible from the beginning instead of having to retrofit them, which oftentimes takes a lot of time and costs a lot of money. So it's good to see that the dialogue then between Google and ACB is ongoing. Unfortunately, sometimes groups show up at a large gathering of people who are blind, and uh, you see them there, and you talk to them a while, and then they disappear. Fortunately for us and for Google, that's not happening this time. 
No, it's not. And, you know, is everything going to go according to plan through this relationship? Probably not, but they have a willingness to do this with us, and we have some pretty great expectations of them. Part of their credo is, you know, we're changing the world, and they truly are in terms of how we access information and communicate with one another. The challenge is getting them to change the world for us, too. That's something that they're aware of and they're working on. And we're there as a partner, but we also are there as a reminder. That was Eric Bridges, Director of Advocacy and Government Affairs for the American Council of the Blind. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.